The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. The rulers sneered at Jesus and said, He saved others, let him save himself, if he is the chosen one, the Christ of God. Even the soldiers jeered at him. As they approached to offer him wine, they called out, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. Above him, there was an inscription that read, This is the king of the Jews. Now one of the criminals hanging there reviled Jesus, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. The other, however, rebuking him, said in reply, Have you no fear of God? For you are subject to the same condemnation. And indeed, we have been condemned justly. For the sentence we received corresponds to our crimes. But this man has done nothing criminal. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom." He replied to him, Amen, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. The Gospel of the Lord. I'd like to go back to a verse of a hymn I once mentioned. And when the strife is fierce, the warfare long, steals on the ear the distant triumph song. And hearts are brave again, and arms are strong. Sometimes people change suddenly. It seems in a moment there's a great conversion in their lives, a radical transformation. Not usually. Most of us change slowly over time. But sometimes there is a great movement. It may be encountering an individual. It may be simply a thought, a sentence from a book. It may be realizing the nearness of death. A holy card, perhaps. Some little moment of grace that we don't even recognize as grace, but something changes us. As I said, not usually, but sometimes. Very often, our world is broken up into two kinds of people. In this case, in this gospel, there are kinds of people. There are those who are on the cross with Christ, this is the way life is, and those who are at the foot of the cross jeering and mocking. And at the same time in this gospel, there are the two types of people whom we will find in the world, those who are asking to be taken down from the cross and those who are asking to be taken up. 
They are both part of our reality. We don't understand, though, very often exactly what our Lord was going through, because we can't. Our Lord is taking upon himself all human suffering, physical, mental, psychological, emotional, all of it. He is also deprived of all divine and human consolation. There is none. There is no one there who loves him except his mother, the beloved disciple, and some women at a distance. He is going through a physical pain and a depression that no human being can imagine. No one defended him at his trial except two people, Pilate's wife. She wrote a letter to her husband saying, Have nothing to do with that righteous man, for I have suffered much over him today in a dream. But Pilate ignored her. And now, in today's gospel, he will be defended. These two criminals have no name. We have given them names over the years. The one on the left is Justice and the one on the right, Dismas. But in the gospel, they have no name because they are meant to symbolize, again, all humanity. The one on the left has to be taken down. Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. That's all God is good for. Relieve my pain. Take this away from me. That's what God's supposed to do, and if God doesn't do that, Well, then of what value is God? Remember, these two men are criminals, thieves, and probably insurrectionists. They're probably like Barabbas, uh, revolutionaries. He wants to come down. For what? Probably to go back to the same dirty business of stealing and uh, revolution. And Our Lord says nothing to him. And then the one on the right has a change of heart. Remember, they both at the beginning jeered at him and reviled him, according to the Gospel of Matthew and Mark. They both did. But now, and only in Luke, there's a change. What changed him? Why is this sudden conversion coming about? We aren't told. Perhaps it was the words, Father, forgive. No one had ever said such words hanging on a cross. Father, forgive. By the way, why didn't he forgive? He'd forgiven while he was on earth. He forgave sins. Why doesn't he now? Well, two reasons. For one thing, he's not on earth anymore. And secondly, on the cross, he's our intercessor. So he asks the Father to forgive. Maybe that was what did it. The realization that there was such a thing as forgiveness, which this man never considered to be possible for him. Real forgiveness. If he can forgive the ones who were crucifying him, perhaps there's hope for him too. And so he rebukes the thief and says, Have you no fear of God? 
it's probable he never said those words before in his life. Have you no fear of God? For you are under the same condemnation. And then he admits his guilt. He doesn't try to pretend that he isn't guilty or they aren't guilty. He doesn't pretend that everything's all right or that he's suffering unjustly. He's not doing that. He admits his guilt as well as the other thieves. And indeed, we have been condemned justly. That's where real forgiveness begins, isn't it? With the recognition that there's something wrong with me, not you. But the sentence we have received corresponds to our crimes. He admits it. But this man has done nothing criminal. He recognizes the innocence of our Lord. And then he asks for a favor. This is strange, too. Unlike the other thief, he doesn't ask to be taken down. He doesn't ask the Lord to relieve his sufferings. He doesn't ask him for friendship or forgiveness, thinking that he didn't deserve it, and he didn't, but also mistakenly thinking that this person hanging next to him wouldn't have given him either one when, in fact, he would have. He doesn't ask for any of those things. Instead, he asks simply for a remembrance, whatever that means. He calls our Lord by name. He knows who he is. Of course, everybody did know who our Lord was. He'd heard of him, although I doubt he ever thought he would be hanging on a cross next to him. Although where else would we find the Lord except on the cross? We have to remember that that's why he has come. That's the reason he's here. But of course, the thief didn't know that. But all of a sudden he finds himself on the cross next to this person, Jesus, whom he now has come to realize is a different person than he thought. Remember me. That's all he asks for is a remembrance. When you come into your kingdom. Kingdom. The sign on the cross is a mockery. Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. The soldiers put it there for mockery. That's what it's doing, but he sees it all of a sudden very differently. The king of the Jews. How can he see a kingdom in this man hanging on a cross? No one ever reigned from a cross before. No throne was ever a cross before. But suddenly in this man's mind it is. You will sometimes see crucifixes, you may have seen them, um, in which our Lord is crucified, but he's wearing uh, mass vestments and a crown. In some ways, in his mind, that's what this man saw. The crown of thorns became a royal diadem. The nails became a scepter. The blood on him became a royal cloak. Everything seemed different all of a sudden. There was something noble about a condemned criminal dying on a cross. And he saw it and asked to be remembered when you come into your kingdom. So he asked for a remembrance. What does he get? Remember, God will never be outdone in generosity. God will always give us more, in fact, infinitely more than we ask for, even though we may not realize it and not want it. He always will give us more. So the thief asks for a remembrance. And what does he get? Amen, I say to you, a solemn declaration. Remember the pain it took for our Lord even to speak at all. He had to force himself up on his feet, causing great pain throughout his body. Amen, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Today. 
The man never expected such a thing. Forgiveness, friendship, and paradise? For you and for me, you know, forgiveness, and for him too, forgiveness and reconciliation comes in a moment. But healing doesn't always, does it? Healing can take years, sometimes a lifetime, and often more than a lifetime. That's what purgatory is all about, healing. This man will be told, today you will be with me in paradise. The conversion is so total, his suffering so great, but today he will be with him in paradise. I've often wondered why our Lord said, in paradise, because being with him is paradise. He is paradise. Paradise isn't just a thing or a place. It's the Lord. It's God. But anyway, in paradise, you'll be with me. So we have this beautiful example of reconciliation that applies to all of us, really. And, of course, you and I have the reality of that coming to us in a moment, don't we? We are there, too. This isn't just a remembrance in a book, even a sacred book, even the sacred book. It's a reality that comes present on our altar, and we are there as that thief was, and, of course, then he becomes present to us in the reality of the transforming power of the Eucharist. Well, it's been said many times, I will say it every time I preach on this gospel, that the thief died a thief because he had stolen paradise. And paradise can be stolen again. Let us pray. Almighty Father, we come before you as the people redeemed by the blood of your Son and trusting in your love and mercy. For the church throughout the world, that her members will always be visible signs of the kingship of Christ over all creation. For the church suffering and the church in our own country, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For all nations of the world, that they may come to know Jesus Christ as King, we pray for our own nation, for all public servants, for conversion and for peace, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For all those who are sick and suffering and dying, for those who are lonely, frustrated, or confused, that they may all know that they are united to Christ in his suffering and in his kingship. For those who are greatly tempted, for those who have lost faith and hope, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For greater respect for human life, especially the innocent, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For an increase in vocations of priesthood and the consecrated life, those young men and women who will proclaim Jesus crucified, risen from the dead, and king. For greater reverence for the prophetic and heroic nature of marriage and the single life, we pray to the Lord. <laughs> for our bishop as he prepares to leave us. For uh, his successor, for the administrator, whomever they may be. For the college of consultors that they will be inspired by the Holy Spirit. For our priests, deacons, seminarians, and for the American hierarchy. They will be visible signs of the victory of Jesus Christ. We pray to the Lord. Lord, For the souls of all the faithful departed, especially our relatives, friends, and benefactors, for all who have died on the battlefield, all victims of violence, terrorism, and natural disaster, they will be united to Christ the King. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. May they rest in peace. Amen. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed 
and for all of us here, that we will, in our own lives, be visible signs of the kingdom of God. We pray to the Lord.